Hello and thanks for joining us for another episode of the Alternative London Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Means. So today I met up with the artist, writer and poet known as Wordsmith. His trademark stencils of a typewriter with words written on paper pasted above them have been sporadically popping up in the area for almost a decade now. Having recently moved from the USA to London, we've now seen a more constant flow of his art and poetry combo around the area, so I decided to get him in for a chat, which he very kindly agreed to. He talked about his work, which he refers to as wordsmithing, his background, and his move to the UK. We also talk about the similarities between street artists and superheroes, and not for the first time in this podcast, we talk about the recipe for luck. So, here it is, the Alternative London Podcast with Wordsmith. Oh, that's real good. So, here we go. Here on a freezing cold, but beautiful sunny day in the east end of London with uh, artist and poet and writer Wordsmith. Um, How's it going? It's going well. Uh, and it is freezing. I uh, I was in Los Angeles for a long time, and now I live here. I'm actually splitting time between the UK and the US, but I live here, and I like it here. I love it here. I have family here. I knew what I was getting into, but the learning curve is the cold and the wet, and it has been very cold and wet um, this last year. It's been challenging, hasn't it? Yeah. It's just different, um, and different is good. Change is good, but... Uh, but when you come from somewhere that you could do art 350 days out of the year, that's the – and again, I knew – I laugh when uh, – or friends laugh when I say that um, because it's London. You know, but I, And I knew what I was getting into, but but I think it – I like to think it's been a little unseasonably wet or, or excessively wet this year. So looking forward to spring. We yeah. all are. Yeah, I think it has. And I think um, as much as you can sort of mentally prepare yourself for something or think how something's going to be – the actual daily reality of that is actually quite different because you're learning to like live in a in a different way, aren't you? Absolutely, and and I mean, my work shows it. I'm a very positive person, um, but I will be honest. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be anything but honest all the time. And the the, the weather has been tough at times. And and again, I'm positive, but when I can't do what I do or flourish, you know, daily. And just if I have an idea, I want to get it out there. But when I look out of the window and it's it's wet and it's supposed to be wet, you know, the entire day or two days or three days in a row, it's tough. You know what I mean? So I have to sit on my hands a little bit or just figure out different stuff to do. And there's different um, creative things you can do on a daily basis. And, and this is what I do for a living. So I do something creative or creative things every day. And it's just kind of learning um, different things you can do inside, you know, yeah, versus yeah. L.A., which is just a playground of sunshine. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you come from Chicago originally, though? I did. I have a I have an interesting story, and it involves that change and reinventing myself. Um, but I was born in Ohio, and after school, I moved to Chicago, where I worked in advertising. Was very good at it. I was being promoted, but I just realized one day I wasn't happy. I wasn't doing the kind of writing that I wanted to be doing. So I'm that cliche. I quit my job and told family and friends I was moving to Los Angeles to creatively write. And, and I did that. And, and, I, and I went to Los Angeles thinking I was going to hate it. 
Um, I went there just for career reasons, but the city completely surprised me and I fell in love with it and you know, lived there a long time writing in a lot of different mediums. I was writing screenplays. I was writing short films. I worked in documentary TV. I wrote a novel right before I started wordsmithing and that novel ended up getting published. I was very lucky. I had an idea that I didn't want to write as a script. Um, so I wrote it as a novel and it got published. The long story short and the, and the other part of reinventing is I was spending so much time in front of the computer sitting that I realized I needed an active hobby. I needed something that got me out and about and just in a creative way. So that's why I got the crazy idea to start doing street art. Mm-hmm. Started doing it for me, started doing it for fun, never expected to make a dime and absolutely loved it. It reinvigorated me, it energized me. I used to go out at you know, four o'clock in the morning and put up pieces and come back and just totally charged and had coffee and started my day and started writing. And then slowly the words you know, that I was writing on walls, painting on walls, started resonating with people. And I was part of like right when Instagram was blowing up, you know, so that was the whole sharing of photos and hashtagging. And it just completely took off. And after about a year and a half or maybe a year, I started doing it full time um, because I was having so much fun. And I don't know, 10 years later, here I am. Amazing. I think anyone that can get across a large amount without saying too much, I think that kind of generally resonates with people a lot these days. And you seem to just you just seem to have hit that nail on the head. Thank you. And and I do see that. Uh, the messages I get and have gotten through the years, and I get a lot of messages from people, are um, staggering. And at first it was kind of intimidating because people were like, these words are just affecting me and, and, and helping me in life. And, and, and that, you know, it was, it was just to the degree of I was kind of like, wow. And I took a little step back and then realized this shouldn't be intimidating. That should be encouraging. And I just continued to do what I do. Actually, the secret to wordsmith that a lot of people don't know is everything that I've ever painted on a wall or pasted on a wall resonates with me, something in my life. And that might be something going on today or 10 years ago, or just, you know, writers work through things at all Mm -hmm. different times of their lives. So everything resonates with me. And the fact that I'm putting it out there and it's resonating with so many people is just amazing. Like, like I realized really early on that we're all feeling the same things. We're all in the same boat and we're looking for the same words of encouragement. And that's what I did with my art is I took a positive route and I am a positive person and, and a romantic person. So, so that's what I put out there in the world and it's been amazingly received. So it's been, it's been a good ride. Beautiful. Yeah. Was the wordsmith thing, was that like the first thing that you tried with street art? Did you experiment a few other things or did you just manage to like a great do it and go, wow, I found it. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Part of the story is I've I've loved street art for a long time, like like probably seven to ten years before I started doing it. I was just in awe of it and very inspired by it. You moved to Los Angeles and it's the world of Shepard Fairey and just Retina and just incredible artists doing incredible things, much less the graffiti scene, which is just in, in awe-inspiring. Um, and I was always amazed by it. These pieces appear overnight on rooftops and billboards and buildings. And, and I thought 
this is just amazing and I pulled from it, but I never thought I could do it is what I'm getting at. So I did do two things and they were stickers, you know, just ideas just for fun because I wanted, you know, we all saw Exit through the gift shop or I think a lot of artists saw Exit through the gift shop and they're like, I want to be part of that world. And, you know, so I was doing stickers and just throwing ideas out there and having fun. But again, didn't think I could do street art until... Again, I wrote the novel, I realized I needed an active hobby, and I started contemplating it. And when I really took it serious that maybe I will do street art, maybe I'll put that can of paint in my hand, I thought, well, if I do anything, it would be word-based. And I immediately saw the image of the typewriter and a page coming out of it. And that's how my pieces started. It's always a painted typewriter. And it was a wheat pasted page coming out of it. I still do that, but as I got you know bigger and larger pieces, I do all paint. You know they last longer, and you can go onto like different um, surfaces a lot easier with that as well. Like Absolutely, around here there's like security shutters and stuff that are like bobbled and things. Absolutely, you can't really yeah. do that with a paste up. Absolutely, and I like both. the The thing that got me excited about the original idea was just that that it's a piece of paper coming out of a typewriter. Mm-hmm. And then what really was the kicker was. When I researched if anybody had done that, and I did extensive research, like in the street art world, and nobody had. And I'm like, this is a simple idea. It's me, and it allows me to put my words out there. So I forgot all about my fear, and I just wanted to mark my territory with the idea. I wanted to get a typewriter with a page or you know, a bunch of pieces out there to say, okay, I did this first. So I learned quickly you know, how to make stencils and spray paint. I started with 99-cent shit spray paint and just went out there and started doing it. And again, that thrill, I think any street artist that goes through it will tell you about that first night, that adrenaline rush. And and it's just amazing and scary, but amazing. And you just want to do it again and again and again. And then I started immersing myself in the community in Los Angeles. But the art community anywhere is just so awesome and supportive. And I've met so many incredible people. And when I started immersing myself in that world, I started learning different techniques on how to make stencils. And I was able to simplify the typewriter and expand the idea and the size of Wordsmith. But it was there. It was fully formed, even though it was an accident. And it, it was an accident and it wasn't. I mean, I'm a creative person. If you look at my story that I've told so far, you know, being in advertising, I was a copywriter. I was paid to come up with an idea and boil it down to the least amount, most powerful words. Right. That's And I got frustrated in the advertising world because there were so many chefs in the kitchen that great ideas got watered down and it beat me up on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So I needed to get away from that. Years later, I started doing the street art. I started wordsmithing and I'm the boss. I deem an idea ready to go or an idea and I polish it. And and when I deem it's ready to go, I'm the one that paints on a wall. There's nobody saying, change this, make that red, make that blue, make it larger or smaller. And that was liberating. Um, and and that was great. So so what I was saying about the idea was now I, you look at it and it seems like it was not calculated. That sounds negative, but but it really was just passion and I'll say again, like almost accidental. But but it was just me. It was me built from the ground up. That you know I love writers. I love uh, old school you know novels like Bukowski and Hemingway and those guys pecked on typewriters. So I'm like, if I do something and it's word based, there's the image of the typewriter. And and, and it's just, it went from there. And, and now I look at it and I go, wow, like even the stencil of the typewriter, if you know anything about stencils, I somehow designed, and, and it makes sense now, but I somehow, when I was just beginning, designed this thing without any 
you know, islands or needs for bridges. Yeah. And it's just it's just there. So so you can cut it and not worry about anything like that. And I hand cut the typewriter for years before I started getting them laser cut, you know, at different sizes. And I still cut some if I do super large pieces. But it was it was just very cool to kind of learn that and just get my hands dirty and meet all those people. And I, I reinvent myself. What I realized about me as a person is that the people I gravitate most to in life have reinvented themselves time after time or several times. And I love that. Nothing against the people that work one job and, you know, I still have friends that are in advertising or at the same company. And it's it, that's great. But, but I really love that creative passion and that person you meet that's like not afraid to dive into pools of unknown and just take chances and and reinvent themselves. Yeah, and just to like grow and yeah, yeah to be. And that's also moving to London. That's part of the, like some of my friends um, or people have said, why did you move to London? And I'm like, I moved to London. This is one of the greatest cities. And sure, there's the frustration about the weather, which sounds so stupid, but, but it's just different, but it's just amazing. And London's such a hub to get to so many places. And we're just getting back in that where travel is just jumping on planes, trains, and automobiles. And just, uh, I just want to do art everywhere. Yeah, one of the things I kind of realized when I didn't live in London for a couple of years, when I came back to London, I was like, we are so connected to get to Europe, you know, within like two hours, you could either be on a beach in Italy, like eating Italian food, hearing Italian language, seeing different architecture, or you could be up in like Iceland or something or Norway and like, and the scope and breadth of what we've got on our doorstep is incredible here. Yeah. And, and I take the art everywhere and it's, it's, I mean, we're talking about the art. So that's why I say that I love Mm. to travel, but I'll take the art anyway. So much so that I've had girlfriends in the past where they're like, okay, you get to do one day of art and then, you know, but, but, um, but that's good. I have also had, you know, girlfriends that, that are also artists and, and I'm like, can we not do art today? Because, because they're pushing as much as I am kind of thing. So it's, it's the best of both worlds, but I love to travel. I love to to just explore and and the art does go everywhere and it does doesn't it 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 travels like with you and people it's the kind of thing it is like i suppose that positivity and what you kind of exude with the artwork is universal really isn't it absolutely yeah there's very few places that i've gone that i haven't done art to some degree or gotten pieces up and usually it's tackling a city like I'll go to a city because I want to see it but also I want to make my mark but then you know I've, I've vacationed or or done places that that I wouldn't even think about doing art and one is like the south of France like in Provence it's just not there or the Cotswolds you know what I mean yeah, yeah. I'm pronouncing that right um, yeah, 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 yeah it's just like you wouldn't think about doing it so you so but then there's just everywhere else that that I love it and I, I'll go back to the community because it's amazing in even more ways than artists. I went to Berlin several years ago with a girlfriend at the time and a photographer met us and she had bought us paint, had train tickets for us and planned out like the four or five places that we were going to hit to do walls. We we might have on our own gotten up one or two pieces and we got up like eight or nine or ten, you know, pieces because this amazing photographer just, you know, had a passion for the world. And we did it. And we did it right before it was cold. But we did it and we finished and an hour later there was like the biggest snowstorm. And, and again, I think about that like we wouldn't have gotten up 
a fraction of the art that we did if it wasn't for somebody like that. And it was just such a great experience. But that happens everywhere. And and I do the same. Like if anybody, when I lived in Los Angeles came, I'm like, okay, come to my studio. If you need to, you know, prepare, I'll get you paint. I'll know where to go with walls. And, and I'll do that here in London too, because so many people have done that for me. And, and I just, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's amazing. Just talking about travel as well. Obviously, you have a lot of pieces like pre-prepared. You have a lot of stuff already written. Do you go to a place and kind of sometimes let the place inspire the work that you're going to do? Yes. So the ways that I come at it in the simplest form is I have pieces and I'm looking for walls for them. Like I come up with ideas and I'll carry them around until I see a wall that I'm like, oh, I want to put that there. Or I might see a wall and, and immediately something about it, something that's across the street or the way the sun rises, you know what I mean, will make me think, oh, I want to put a piece there and here's what it's going to say. So it inspires both ways. But then to your question, if I go to a city, yeah, I'll bring work, you know what I mean? I call it my greatest hits, but I'll bring work that I just want, like aspire to inspire others and the universe will take note is a piece that sums up wordsmith, sums up me as a person. It's a mantra and I'll paint that in every city and all different sizes because because I want to stamp that everywhere. Um, and then I will have work, like I said, that that might be new that I'll take with me and it might be it might end up in that city. And then I'll I'll also either have been there or research the city and find out, you know, what's going on and, and is there topics or anything and that might inspire me to write things. And then to your at last question or one part of your question is I have been in cities heard things, seen things, you know, did that thing where I saw a wall and thought of a piece and, and on the fly, you know, made that happen, you know, with, with obviously traveling with a laptop and everything, I make the piece, but then I'll find somewhere to print it. If I need to cut it, I will, you know what I mean, as far as a stencil, but but I have done that also. And, and artists or street artists especially are very resourceful. The only place that I wanted to get up a piece that I couldn't was in Venice. And it was it was weird because there were like three places that I could have bought paint, but it's just a weird thing where if you've ever been, I mean, it's so small, but I would walk there and it was supposed to be open and the shutter would be down. And then I'm standing outside of the shuttered, you know, place going, did they go away for five minutes or are they on vacation? You just don't know. So I struck out on two two places, um, three on three different times. So I never got my hands on paint, but, but what I'm saying is it's, it, you could be very resourceful. Like I've been in, um, cities and countries that don't speak English and you're trying to find spray paint and, and it's just an adventure. Um, or you lean on, like I said, the artists or the photographers or the community, but, but it's a fun adventure to, to make it happen. Um, and yeah, uh, like different cities, um, do inspire different, different words. Different yeah. Work. The one thing that you can't carry in your uh, yeah. carry-on luggage is the spray paint. Yeah. But that kind of makes it fun in another way, I guess, doesn't it? Trying to kind of track things down. It and, does. It does. And also as well, from your point of view, like a lot of the work that you still do is still illegal. It's still kind of fairly clandestine as well. So <clears throat> it's not always just getting permission or getting paint or those kind of things. So I suppose in that sense, there's still that 
that excitement as well when, yeah. you're, when you're doing stuff illegally. There's still a, a buzz to it. Absolutely. Like, like I've been very lucky in, in my work is well received. So I've gotten opportunity, you know, got, been given walls and, and, you know, been paid to install, you know, inside and outside of buildings and businesses. And, and that's phenomenal. I mean, any artist doing what they love that, that is getting paid for it. It's, it's the, it's the, that you know, you know, in any form, it's the best thrill in the world. So much so that when you talk about it, everybody's like, "Hey, just keep it to yourself." You know, what I mean, we get it. But <laughs> what I'm what I was gonna say is, a lot of people don't know this is that 50 percent, and and I'm making up that number. It might even be more, but 50 percent of my work is still renegade. Because if I'm sent to a city to do uh, work. I'm going to take a bunch of, you know, pieces and I'm going to go out at night or in the morning and and walk around and get those pieces up. The best story that I can tell is um, in 2018, I was sent to New Zealand to do 10 pieces inside the rugby stadium um, for the All Blacks. Like it was incredible opportunity, but the it's like the New York Yankees of, yeah, yeah. I still talk in baseball and American yeah. sports, but it's like, it was just amazing. While I was there, I put up 10 renegade pieces over the week. So it's always, and that's where I come up with 50%. It might be more, it might be a little less, but but it'll always be 50%. I don't care how much opportunity I'm given, I still have that, like you said, that, that need, that thrill, and that want to put up pieces in all sizes. You know what I mean? Um, I learned a long time ago that if you look like you're supposed to be there, Nobody's gonna say anything. It's the when you look. It's when you do stuff. I don't do stuff at four o'clock in the morning anymore, unless the the spot requires it. But if you're doing anything at four o'clock in the morning, you look like you're you're there's the spotlight on you. You know what I mean? You could be carrying a pizza bat box at four o'clock in the morning, and somebody's gonna be like, "Why is that person have pizza at at four o'clock?" But if you if it's noon, you know what I mean, and you're doing a piece any size, this is what I'm getting at. Like like the bigger the better. If you're doing a 12 foot or a 15 foot piece and just brazen enough to do it, nobody is going to think you're not supposed to be there. So, exactly. so I'll do that. I'll, I'll be pretty bold. And when I go to cities and, and, and kind of make my mark because the bigger stuff, I like doing small, small is nice. You turn a corner and it might surprise you, but big, you know what I mean? It's a little more respected and it might last longer and it looks like it's supposed to be there. And Again, unless you're the building owner, you know, nobody, nobody's going to think you're not supposed to be doing it. But I have a bet with friends that you could rent a lift and just paint the side of a building. You know what I mean? And again, unless the building owner, you know what I mean, comes along, nobody's going to think you're, you're that brazen to not do that. It's, exactly. it's the bigger you do it, the more you could get away with. And I suppose your bigger pieces, they get a bigger reach as well. But, Absolutely. Um, and pieces like kind of exist online now as well. Like you're saying with Instagram as well, like your work and travel so far now just from like painting a piece. It doesn't matter if it lasts for like five minutes. Absolutely. And I, and I love that. I know some artists have a love-hate relationship with, well, I shouldn't say that because I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram, but some artists hate Instagram. And and I, I've embraced it. I embraced it from the get-go just because of that, like... I I put my words out there because I want people to see them and experience them and share them. And I and I've I've taken a photo of almost every piece that I've ever put up just to document it. You know, I eventually want to do a coffee table book and I want that photography, but there's mm. but there's some there's some artists that kinda have a knee jerk reaction to that and that's not me. I, I embrace it and I love it and I love that, you know, there are these mediums that people share. My work, my words, and it's beautiful. You know what I mean? Um, I, I've heard so many stories of relationships starting because 
somebody shared, you know, words or sent a photo, and then people have gotten engaged in front of my pieces and married, you know what I mean, in front of them and wedding gifts and anniversary gifts. I just did an anniversary piece that client is picking up on Wednesday. And and it's just even the words that are chosen by these people, um, again, because they resonate with me. So when you're talking about the romantic pieces, it's it's about someone. It's about, you know what I mean? I had, a, I had muses in my life and I had one major muse in my life. And so many of the words are about her and us. And it really warms my heart. Like I go back and I see those words and I'm taken back to the moment in time that, that they were inspired. And, and that's amazing. But the fact that other people are finding their own you know, meaning and romance in it is just is absolutely thrilling. And I went on that tangent because because I, I was doing this piece for the couple and and I was reading the words as I was redoing the the actual formatting of the piece. So I had to read through it to make sure I didn't miss any words and nothing fell off. And I was reading through it. I, I I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but I got choked up. I'm not a, I'm not a, like a crier. These are words, you know, that I know it's just like it's a it's a pretty popular piece, you know, but I was reading and what, it's what a long was the piece. piece. What, did, what did it say? Do you remember? Um, I won't remember all the words, but it's the one that lists all these things, things like you ask me if you look fat in these jeans when it's impossible to look fat in your jeans. So it's the J versus the G. And then you're always cold, but you're thrilled when it's chilly enough to wear your favorite fluffy socks and you're perpetually late, but always so fucking worth the wait. And, and just things like that. And, and I was reading it and, and it's, I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but I was like, I was kind of taken back to the moment, like with that person. And, and it's someone that that's no longer in my life. So I was like, wow, I miss that. I remember that. And and that's amazing for me. So what I'm getting at is if I'm affected after all this time and looking at that piece and, and painting it and everything like that, if I'm now affected when I really get in the words, you know what I mean? And and, and I, I totally understand how other people are are feeling the same thing. Does that make yeah. sense? So. But no, it does. Like when you read when you read those things and you're in a certain frame of mind or you're, you're remembering a certain person or something like that, it, it is a trigger, isn't it? And, um, and it's a beautiful one. I've got a little story for you, actually. Um, not so long ago, I met a group of women for a Hindu. Do you know what a Hindu is? It's, a ba- it's like a bachelorette party. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah, 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 yeah. And they came and did like a tour and workshop with us and... Um, the first thing that we walked past was one of your works. And they didn't know what they were doing. They surprised this lady for a Hindu and they walked past one of your works and she had a wordsmith badge on. Oh, no and she way. was like, yeah, like, and she was like, this is my favorite guy. I love this stuff. Yeah. And it was just like a real big surprise for her oh, that like, that's awesome. they were doing something kind of street art related because she had no idea. Oh, I love so, that. Yeah. I love that. That's that was pretty awesome. cool. That's you went awesome. to see Batman the other day. How was that? Oh, I loved it. Don't ruin it for anyone. I mean, this I is probably going to come out. I It's probably going to come out in a month, so everyone probably would have seen it by then. Yeah, I I am not one to ruin any movie. Um, I'm the I'm the opposite. I'm a person that makes people stop talking about a movie or a show because I don't want spoiler alerts. But but I loved it. It was it was the Batman that I always wanted to see on screen, and the the mood and the the vibe or the just the whole thing was just so spot on and well done and. And I loved it. I can't wait to see it again. That kind of got me thinking when you said, like, the other day that you were going to see the Batman when we're working out when we're going to do this, actually. And I was thinking, is is there, like, a certain element of that sort of superhero culture um, that kind of maybe spills over to the idea of putting work out there 
under like a nickname, under a pseudonym, doing something a little bit secretive, but something in your case as well, where you're maybe like doing a bit good for the world as well. Yeah. Is there, is there something, something around that, do you think? Absolutely. And, and I haven't talked about this a lot, but even to the degree that in L.A. with all my artist friends, I coined it, but we used to call it fighting crime. Like if people were like, and I was like, do you want to go fight crime tonight? Do you want to go, you know, I was out fighting crime. And, and yeah, and it was just a code word, but, but there is that feeling. And again, I even started this podcast, you know, talking about that, that I used to think superheroes did it because these pieces appear just everywhere overnight. And it's, it's just amazing that I do feel like there's that element. And now I'm a very modest, but now I'm in it. Like, like I didn't think I could do it, but I had this talent or this gumption inside that I didn't know. And I've said this in interviews before, like that first night that I talk about, you know, when you do it and you get this adrenaline rush, and you want to do it again. I always say it was like I was bit by a radioactive can of spray paint. Like it was just, holy shit, this is me. This is who I want to be. And I just want to get better at it. Um, and I think that's every origin story of every superhero. So, so there really is something. And then there is also the thing that you, you know, when you start, you hide your identity, which I don't do anymore. Um, I stopped doing it, um, in 2017, which was like four years after I started and even cared about it, you know, didn't care much three years after I started because, I realized that I believe in the words and my work so much that I didn't care about hiding my identity. And I always say this, like, like if cops do roll up on me, I'm not going to run away. I'm going to let them do their job because I feel like I'm doing my job. And so I'll talk to them and say, hey, I'm trying to beautify, not destroy. I'm trying to put positive things out there. This is obviously an area, and I and I do pick my areas for the most part in, in a smart way where this is area where there is other art and stuff like that. So... So, and yeah, it's just part of the game. Or oh, I was talking about hiding your identity, which, which I don't do. But, but there is that element of, you know, you're feeling like you're, you're doing something special and fighting crime and running around a city. And when you go back to your piece, I don't know how many other artists do this, but I'll admit it. Like, like I'll be driving by a piece, you know, the next day or even pulling out after accomplishing, like, like there's sort of that thrill of, oh, I got away with it, you know, pulling away or driving by, you know, in a week or I'll see a photo pop up online. And, and I get this thrill, like a nine year old kid on Christmas, like I did that. I fucking did that. And and I never want that to go away. That's why I don't know if I don't care what other artists think of that statement. But but I, I do get a thrill seeing seeing the work and, the, and the, you know, the bigger, the bigger thrill, the bigger the piece, the bigger thrill. Um, but I never want that to go away because I think if that goes away, I did something wrong. Um, I still want to feel like a nine year old kid on Christmas that you know, I did get away with this and I did something special and I'm proud of it. That's just me. You know what I mean? And, and again, I know some artists are. But I keep saying, talking about other artists, but but it is interesting just to hear, it's nothing against them, it's just interesting to hear their, uh, you know, people's, other artists' viewpoints, you know what I mean, or way they, the way they come at it. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I think that, yeah, maybe the other artist thing is because there's always this um, this level of cool that's kind of associated with being an artist and stuff yeah. like that. And there's stuff that you want to kind of, yeah, yeah. sometimes they're like, oh, I don't do that. Like, yeah. that's, that's like cheesy or uncool. But yeah. I think it's... Thanks. In a roundabout sort of way, you just call me uncool, but I'm okay with that. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite lines... Um, 
I don't know if it's actually it's it was in um, Almost Famous and it was attributed to Lester Bangs. But I love this quote and it's you know the o- only currency worth anything in this bankrupt world is what you share with others when you're uncool. Yeah. I just love that and that's even this this world like I don't care about you know you know saying things like that 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 I love driving by a piece and I do feel like a kid on Christmas you know it's yeah. it's it's just it's me you know what I mean and it's a lot of other artists that I know so so yeah you can take a different avenue that's fine but don't rip on me for my avenue you know what I mean of of, of feeling that way and, and yeah. I think it's great because I am uncool no no I'm not saying you're uncool I'm, I'm actually I'm actually saying that I really respect you for it I, re- I really respect the way that you can talk about these things openly and honestly without having to try and um you know pr- pretend that um you're too cool to feel those yeah. things you know because that's um Thanks. that that would be a shame i think because what you're doing is is really cool we were talking about london kind of as a, you mm-hmm. know in, a, in an overall sort of sense the weather and stuff like that but but how are you like actually settling in here are you, are you enjoying living in east london because everyone that i've spoke to before on the podcast has actually spent quite a lot of time here. They've been here for a long time, but you've kind of um, moved here fairly recently and moved in as someone who was already quite successful in what you do, whereas a lot of people come here and, and plug away and find a bit of success in this world. But you've kind of, you've come in here with a bit of success. You already kind of hit the ground running. And how, how have you found it here? Do you, do you like it here? Do you? I do like it here. I want to say I spent enough time here over the years. First of all, like right out of school, I came here and I just loved it. Like there was this affinity for the city that that almost like like I felt like I had been here before. And I know that's, you know, cliche, but it just felt so comfortable. You know what I mean? And if there was ever like a city away from home kind of thing, London was that. I always loved returning um, and then my sister, I said I have family here. My sister and her family live here. So I was doing the opposite. I was I was splitting time. Like I would I would come here for two, three, four weeks at a time um, and, and do art and just experience it and, and continue to love it over the years. Um, and now now, like I said, I flipped that. So to answer your question, um, the the landing has been comfortable. I mean, I came at a weird time, but that's not what you're asking, you know, with the lockdowns and stuff. But but being here has been a really good feeling, a very comfortable feeling. Um, I did come here established so much so that that some people were like, how could you, you know, leave L.A. or why would you ever do that? And again, change is good and challenges are good. And I didn't abandon L.A. and, and I, I, I will go back and I'm going back in May and I have so much planned, you know, just to do art-wise. And coming back to here, it's been very fun and comfortable. And also, I guess I'll say also a little, um, not tough, but but like it is starting new. You know what I mean? It is learning galleries, you know, and which ones are good, which ones are fun to work with, which ones take care of the artist, which ones I want to work with. You know what I mean? Is there the ability to work outside of a gallery and just, you know, do your own? Because the first solo show I had was, you know, a space that I got and did something on my own outside of the world. So I'm kind of learning that. Renegade is easy, you know what I mean? It's it's a little more difficult because there's there's places here that I would never think about and I think never should be painted on um, for obvious reasons. I mean, the city is just gorgeous. But, but as far as finding renegade spots, you know what I mean, that's fine and fun. But finding established walls or walls that I can own, you know what I mean, and change out and have places that people can go and 
know that my work is up is a learning curve. So I'm kind of doing all that, and that's been entertaining and challenging. But as a whole, I would say, except for the weather, not to talk about that cliche again, mm-hmm. but except for the weather, it's been very comfortable. I mean, it, it is nice. I mean, that if I do go places and meet people that, that they know my work, again, that sounds pretentious, but, but there is that established, you know I mean? And that's because I'm prolific and, and I, I, you know, have done a lot of work in a lot of cities, but I don't know where I'm going with that other than it's been very inviting, you know, from them. Everybody's just like, like thrilled and helpful and, and kind of open arms kind of thing. Um, and, and that's a good feeling. That's been a good feeling. So long story short, you're saying if you work your ass off and you put loads and loads of work out there, then doors will open up for you and things will get a little bit easier. Yes. <laughs> and and I, have, uh, I have a lot of thoughts about that because, um, and again, it's not all about Los Angeles and Los Angeles is so similar to a lot of places, but I came across this early on in my Los Angeles career and I really believe it. Um, you know, there's no formula to, to any success in the creative world. But I do believe in this, and it's talent plus perseverance equals luck. Um, and if you really think about that, like like if we were talking about me, um, and you you kind of said it, but I'll I'll sum it up. Like like I always believed in my writing. I always you know thought I was a good writer, and you have to you have to believe in that in any form in any medium that I wrote. You're walking into a room trying to sell your screenplay. You're trying to sell yourself as a writer for a TV show. You're trying to give birth to a, a baby book, you know, you're first born and you're, you just have to be the biggest proponent for it. And it was same with, with street art. Like I believed in every word that I put out there. And so that's the talent, you know what I mean? Uh, I always believed in my work or my ability, but the perseverance is, I think the biggest thing in that statement, because you can get discouraged. Life can distract you and take you in other directions. And, and I totally get that also, but I was determined to to write. Um, I wasn't going to say be a writer because I've heard people say that, like, I want to be a writer. You are a writer, you know what I mean? It's just you're not getting paid to write yet or paid enough to write yet. So I was always a writer, but but it was, I always believed in the work and, and it, it was very surprising that this medium is the one that, that people took note of. And that's been great. And that's the luck factor. Again, it's everything that I said. It was kind of coming at it unexpected or just doing it for fun, coming up with an idea that thrilled me so much that I got over the fear of I can't do street art um, and then having fun going out there and doing it. Like I said this before, the success that I've had is amazing. If I didn't have the success, I know for a fact I would still be doing street art. Maybe not to the degree of, of, of how much I do, and maybe I wouldn't get the chance to travel as much as I have or do pieces as big, but I know for a fact 10 years later, I still would be doing it because it makes me so happy. The fact that you know I did have success and the words were embraced and commissions led to just the opportunity to do it full time and travel more is amazing. That's the luck factor that, that sometimes I look at and I just go, wow. And, and and again, that's when, you know, some friends are like, keep it to yourself. Um, but but it is it is an amazing thing when you stumble upon that. So so my advice to people, 
you know, is you have to believe in yourself and then you have to persevere. And then, and then I went to the prolific. I, I use that word. It's like once I was having fun and once I knew the words were resonating, I love doing what I do. And like I said, it travels with me everywhere. So the being prolific just kind of builds, I hate using this word, but builds the brand. Yeah. It, it was a couple years in and I, I was talking to somebody um, about an opportunity that I wasn't going to take with a company. And I go, I'm very protective of my brand. And I had a knee jerk reaction because I worked in advertising and I never thought street art and wordsmith and the typewriter was a brand. But then I realized it is, but it just was a scary moment for me yeah. because I know brands that it just got too many chefs in the kitchen and too overthought and stuff like that. So I never want that or wanted that to happen to this idea. And it hasn't because of everything that I said. It is me doing it. And and again, I can kind of tell when when it's not fun anymore. And and again, then that means I took a left turn or a wrong turn somewhere along the, the way. But I don't see that happening because because again, I'm writing words that resonate with me and and, and it just seems like it's a well-oiled machine. I don't know where I'm going with that, but, but it's just, it just seems to, to be working very well. And, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. That makes sense. And also I suppose saying that that advertising background as well and, and seeing other brands and from your perspective, kind of thinking about the things that you might uh, like about those brands, the things that you don't like about those brands to think about when, you know, like too many chefs in the kitchen or you're trying to put something into a box mm-hmm. and trying to make it sort of fit um i suppose you've kind of had that experience that a lot of people might not of to building your personal brand and going okay this is how i want it to look and i don't want it to look like that yeah so, so that might be absolutely and in one good example it's not a happy example but a good example is like like i said I'm, I'm positive and everything i was putting out there was very positive but i talked about this muse that i had in my life and and things didn't end well, um, and she she she's, she's not in my life anymore. So so there is a period of time, or was a period of time, when the romantic pieces took on a broken-hearted theme, and I kept it kept that that's just what was resonating with me, and I was afraid. I was like, this isn't the work I usually put out, and and how are people going to re- perceive it? But I was working through it, and and just kind of again doing what I love and doing what I needed, and those pieces resonate as much if not more with people so so it was kind of amazing that i was kind of like wow you know we are all in the same boat again but but i was worried in a sense you know what i mean of i'm not gonna say worried about my brand but but worried because it wasn't the bright positive you know shiny kind of thing it was it was kind of a a whatever broken-hearted look at love and or or words that that kind of explored that but then also i kind of thought well, that muse is still musing me in a bad sort of way because, you know what I mean, it's, it's, it didn't end well, but she continues to inspire me in, in that. And that kind of made me smile or laugh, you know what I mean, where, where muses are an incredible thing. Yeah, and also, like, how many people do you know that haven't had a broken heart in their life? So, exactly. And when you are going through that, like, you, you want to feel um, heard or you want to feel seen. Absolutely. And, and if yeah. that resonates with people, I suppose, in, in a different way, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, look at Taylor Swift. It's like she has so many breakup songs, and those are almost some most, her most popular music. Mm-hmm. And it is, a, it is a very universal, sadly, it is a very universal, probably more than the, the happy happily ever after, you know, aspect of love. So, so yeah, it was, uh, but it was a learning curve for me. Just 
you know, a learning curve, you know, taking a step back and realizing that. Yeah, cool. Um, you were saying about galleries and stuff earlier. Have you got anything in the pipeline? Have you got any shows or anything lined up? Uh, here, um, not yet. Um, I'm figuring that out, and I'm thinking maybe sometime next year or something small. I don't know what that means. Um, late in the year uh, here. But I am working on a show in Hong Kong. I found out there was there's a gallery that was buying pieces through my website, and every time they got them in the gallery, they were selling immediately. So I got this call from them, and they were like, I don't know if you know, but you're big in Hong Kong, and <laughs> that's a great call to get. So we're working on a show right now. I have a call with them tomorrow to work out the final logistics, and then it looks like I'll be – I've been working on ideas, but then it looks like I'll go into full production on the pieces for that show and shipping them off. I won't go to the show because they have a three-week quarantine, but I'm excited about that. And then I think something when London, um, maybe late this year, definitely next year. And that's what I'm figuring out now, you know, if it is a gallery or if it's somewhere outside of the gallery and I just uh, gallery world and I figure that out. But um, yeah, looking forward to both. Yeah, man. And I'm really looking forward to that um, coffee table book as well. Yeah, I've been talking about that recently and the response has been really good and that's encouraging. It is a massive undertaking because it reminds me of my first solo show, which which I had so many ideas for. I, I probably waited longer than most as most do, but I had so many ideas and I would say like 90% of them were on those walls when that show opened up. So about the coffee table book, I'm coming on my 10 year anniversary um, and I'm going to release it then or in, in conjunction with that. And I have so many ideas for it. So it is um, an intimidating task of just making it happen, but I am so excited about it that I know I'll immerse myself in it probably after after Hong Kong and, you know, over the summer and, and the months after that. Like, it's going to take a while. But I have time, you know what I mean, for that benchmark of releasing it at 10-year mark. But but I'm really excited for it. And if the, all the ideas in my head or a large percentage of them make them into the book, it is going to be something special because I've been looking at coffee table books and what people have done and then other mediums or other other things that have done books and you start to formulate a lot of ideas and and I'm, I'm pretty excited about it i'm pretty excited about it as well now yeah much less even just documenting the like i cringe when i see some of the early pieces and any artist will say that but then i, I look at them and i'm like holy crap that is just like archaic but it's also archiving it and it's amazing to see the the, the evolution. Yeah, exactly. If you don't if you don't see that start point, you don't see the evolution. Yeah. And you need to see that, I think. No, and, and like like we said, like I have no problem telling stories that are embarrassing or showing pieces that, that aren't the best thing. But that makes the arc the, the, the more impressive. And and again, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm very modest, but I do look at where I started to where, to now and it's it's just amazing to me. But but I want to tell that story for people with those pages and it's gonna be fun. Yeah, fun. Amazing. Yeah. Well, it's it's great to have you in London. It's great to like um, always stumble upon new pieces and kind of see the old ones as well. And it's been really nice chatting to you, man. Like I've had a really nice afternoon speaking to you. Yeah, it's it's great to be here. And and we said this before we went in. Like we're in a studio right now, face to face, and there hasn't been a lot of that over the last couple of years. So it's refreshing to to be in a studio and talking and. And, uh, and I'll also say for anybody listening, like, like I'm very close to 
what I do, where what I'm saying is like on any of my social medias, if if you see an email address or or drop me a DM, I'm seeing that. Like a lot of people can't believe that I'm answering, but but uh, but again, I love talking to people and and in 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 any capacity. You know what I mean? If you want to talk about words or wonder where pieces are, shoot me a message. If you have walls, shoot me a message. Um, um, and all that, but but yeah, I love talking to people, so don't be shy. That's amazing. Thank you so much for coming down, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Cheers. So I hope we covered most of the things that you'd like to know in that little chat. If not, then we'll put the link to his Instagram in the episode notes, and you can go and ask him some questions and maybe even buy some of his artwork. You can tell us what you think in the comments on our Instagram post about this episode. And as always, if you liked it, please give us a five stars on your podcast platform. This has been the Alternative London Podcast with me, Gary Means. Special thanks to The Glasshouse and to Stu Ballingall as ever for editing. See you next time.